Can't get enough of Cthulhu and Cairo? Join our Patreon for as low as $3 per month to access special features and bonus content. You can find us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at the Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. I'm Raz, and joined tonight by all our players. That's a great thing. Um, We have Joel playing Sid Poulter, Melinda, our editor, playing the lovely Faye Dawson, Catherine Ross, played by Lauren, uh, who is our mom and nurse, Aveline Hammond, the original masked vigilante, (laughs) who is the reflection as well, played by Kayla, and Professor John Schooley, played by Scott. Everyone is here, and when we last left off, they were about to re-enter the Church of Chiesa de San Giacomo de Rialto, and hopefully be able to quietly make their way to the nave of the church, locate the particular stone, and hopefully garner or speak to Davina Prolchek, the lady in the box. So, Sid, Aveline, you make your way across the piazza. Uh, you find the window is, is open, and sure enough, there is a ladder there. Someone probably was supposed to go up and secure it, or fix it, or do something, and got called away, and the ladder is still adjacent to the church, um, which was fortunate for you. So, you uh, check left and right. Why don't you, everybody give me a spot hidden roll, the two of you. That's a regular success. 34. Okay. So, so yeah. yeah, Sid, you don't see anything. Um, the rest of the gang is tucked away, you know, fairly secretly around the courtyard. You don't see them either, but they're watching. They're keeping an eye on. There's some sort of signal you've all set up, you know, whippoorwill, whippoorwill. Uh, should, <laughs> you know, a local Venetian bird, the great whippoorwill. You, uh, you definitely have some sort of signal should anybody spot anything amiss, but uh, you guys are, are set. Aveline makes her way up first. You come up second in through the window. And we're just going to do one quick stealth roll from each of you. So as you're climbing down inside the church, uh, you make your way to the floor. And Sid has a... That should be fine for Sid. Excellent for Aveline. Good. That's a hard success, Aveline, right? Nice job. Okay, so that they're in. No problem there. They make it to the ground. And sure enough, the church inside is built. Although it doesn't look like it, it is laid out in the structure of an old cross in the inside, the way the pews are set up, there are what appears to be side areas that are masked off that make the cross structure, the transom of the church itself in the floor plan. And then there's the sanctuary at the front. Uh, you walk up. One of you grabs a candle from one of the, the holders, a, a large, larger, thick uh, style candle that's just been replaced about an hour ago. And you, with you know the bare light that you can find, you make your way up. And it's fairly well noted. There is a stone on the ground, and it has been chiseled in it is a cross. And behind the cross is a circle, and appears to be some other symbols that the cross was carved on top of it. So there is the Christian symbol guarding this stone, and some other astrological, occultish uh. symbol that was also set on this stone to become sort of a, a, a singular pattern. Um, you're fairly convinced this is the stone. So, Sid, you have a 65 strength? That's right. Between you and Aveline, no problem, you know, moving the stone. And with that much power, the two of you are able to lift it out pretty easily without making any sign of sound or scraping it. You know, you're a war veteran. You were a sapper. She's a spy, kind of, you know, this, you know, huntress of the night. So, yeah, the two of you are well-versed at taking your time listening, making sure you're not making any kind of serious noise. That's where you're at. So you put the stone to the side, and sure enough, the exact same box that you saw back at Arturo's in 1931, where Davina Prolchek was being stored in his uh, labyrinth basement behind, uh, underneath the, um, the house, is uh, sitting there, dug out under the floor. Do you go ahead and lift it out? No. I, I motioned to Abby. I'm like, you know, that... that- that looks a lot like a sigil on the top of that stone. My concern is that the sigil is doing something. And if we remove the box or open the box that we're doing something, should we maybe not try to speak to her through the box first? I mean, it's not a bad idea, but do you 
think she can understand us through the box? I well, that's my second thought. Do you think she can understand us at all because she's Italian and we are not? And I don't speak Italian. Uh, do you speak Italian? Unfortunately, no. Do you speak Spanish? I don't even speak English all that well. Offside, off character. My English is a one, my German is a one. I'm not even supposed to be speaking English. But here uh, well, we are. I speak French, uh, but I don't speak Italian, and French is worlds away. Um, I mean, isn't she a wise woman? Wouldn't she know the languages of the world? I don't know. At this time, people didn't travel the way they travel now. You know, people didn't travel even 25 miles from where they were born at this time. Although, if she is a gypsy, she would have come from somewhere, uh, probably in Eastern Europe. We can but try, right? I mean, do, do you want to try to talk to her if through the box first? Or do you want to lift the lid? I think we need to decide this together. If we try through the box first, if she doesn't speak any English, then we're going to have to take her out. But we need to know where Noemi is, and this is our only lead at the moment. Does anybody in our party speak Italian? No, that's why you needed Markham. Oh, right. Well, Markham's not... He's not exactly quiet. I lean down over the box, and uh, since I don't actually speak French in real life, I say in French, my my lady pearls check, or a signorina pearls check, we are here to help you. Can you understand me? Nothing happens. Javina pearls check, are you there? You got nothing. I tap on the box twice. Okay, now you you hear a mumble. I ask if she speaks uh, uh, polyvoo français. <laughs> okay, all right. Hold on, hold on. All right, so we're gonna I have can't to open the box in this church. If she starts yeah. to scream or beg for us, it's going to echo through the stone like nothing. Yes, I know. But once we get her out of here, people are gonna know she's not here if they're coming back to talk to her. Um, Keeper, does does the stone look like it's been? Moved recently. Give me a mechanics check. That would be like engineering and. Oh, that's a hard success. Uh, no, the stone has not been moved. You 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 appear to in your mind. You don't think the stone's been moved in quite some time. All right, doesn't it doesn't look like anybody's been here in a very long time. We we could risk taking the box. Just know that if we take the box and let's say he was talking to her through necromancy or something, when he comes back. He's going to know she's gone. And that priest knows that there were five people that wanted to meet with him. Well, six with Markham. True. Six with Markham. So this is what we're doing. Yes? We have no choice. I mean, we can't hear through the box, and we have to make sure that there's no spell on it. And Professor John Schooley might have some indication as to what this could look like, or if there is something dangerous. And then we need somebody who can speak Italian, or at the very least, open up the box so we can understand her, and if she fi- if she can speak English. We take the box out and replace the stone where it was. Mm-hmm. Is there is there dirt and dust in the inside the the cavern so that I can put it back around the um, the stone to make it look like it hasn't been opened? Yeah, with uh, a hard success like that, uh, the task in your head, you definitely dig up a little bit of the debris. Put the stone back and rub it into the channel around at the groove and uh, okay. make it appear as if it hasn't been touched. So then we uh, make our way back to the entrance. Now we're going to have to sneak out of here carrying a steamer trunk. With your strength between the two of you, it's feather yeah. light. No problem. You pass it amongst right. each other, climb out through the window, and <laughs> again, there's a ladder uh, conveniently located, and you're down the ladder, and everybody sees that they're carrying the box that you guys had thought to not take out of the church, but now they seem to have had to take it out of the church. I would imagine we're on some sort of lookout to Absolutely. You know, give them a give them a signal when you know the, you know when it's all clear, so to speak. Yeah, no, they're right. you're fine. Nobody's the you've you had one person walk through, but they they're long gone. They've been you know through the area about ten minutes. Just probably a lamp lighter that makes sure that the you know the lights that are accessible are lit he has a stack of candles that he has in the lantern and he puts it up with the long brass pole or whatever kind of you know stick he has to to light them with the wick yeah so you're fine there's nobody there's nobody on the street right now so uh, i say i th- i think we should take the box somewhere where there are not people in case she screams because she seems very good at screaming and doing it tonight may not be a great idea so we might want to take the box possibly stash it and then during the day when we can move around easily get a cot or something 
and maybe go to the outskirts of the town or someplace that we think we might be able to do. It's just an idea, and I'm, I'm trying to spitball. It's not so, a bad one. The other, I mean, Mark, you have the options have of... The translates for us, though. What's that? You know, Markham's going to... seems like he's going to have to be the one that translates for us. Mm. We, could put like a... we don't know if she doesn't speak English or not. She might because she was supposed to be this wise woman with magic, so... Perhaps she does have a way to communicate with us that does require scaring poor Markham. But he should be there just in case. We we hang a blanket in between, and we tell him he's going to be talking to a lady on the other side of the blanket that, uh, for reasons we can't explain to him, he's not allowed to see. And he just and converses trust, to the blanket. So kind of a and we trust that the woman show. isn't going to... And, we'll, and we're going to trust that this woman hasn't feel like she's being kidnapped is going to tell him, hey, I'm in this box. Could you save me or come out and get me or something? Or tell him that well, we, he should not know. Hopefully what uh, he's going to be able to explain to her is that she's not what, that we're here to help. Isn't that what we're trying to communicate to her? That we're yes. here to help and we're here to return her to her long lost love. And whatever assistance she can give us in that will be awfully appreciated. I also and think it, with the gold ingot that we're giving him, he's going to do whatever we... I, the, I think I think seeing uh, animated you know. skin in a box is probably going to be a little bit beyond the <laughs> the limits of that. So yeah. you know, but hanging hanging a sheet, you know, I mean, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like you it could know, be like Joseph Smith, you know, translating the gold discs or something like that. <laughs> even, I feel like if we tell him to communicate with somebody between the sheet, like so that he doesn't see her, I feel like he's not going to ask any questions. Yeah, and we're giving the, him money, like the, yeah. you know, for reasons you can't know, you can't see her. Discretion is the key. But I like uh, Sid's idea of, you know, maybe going out of town. Do, do we do we take the box back to the room tonight? There is then... an option where you could, and, and again, just for speed of things, you might be able to get a boat, a choir, uh, a gondola. Um, they're tied up all over the place. It doesn't mean that you want to steal it, perhaps, but you could. Um, and get her out far enough into the, the water area where you could speak to her. But again, that means that Markham would probably need to be with you unless she speaks Spanish, Italian, English, some other language. Really up to you, but you could you could definitely get her far enough away from the city where in, tonight where you wouldn't have to have a cart and go out there in the daylight and yada, yada, yada. So that's the, the gondolas. They're not like, uh, you know city bikes in the city right where you just grab one and tie it up when you're done no they're they're, like... they're owned and they're usually there's one like they're tied up in large groups like 20 and 30 at the end of channels yeah. and stuff and there's one guy walking around but knock him out you take one and then just have it back before dawn i mean you'd get away with that pretty well or just let it float out in the bay like someone cut it loose um yeah you that's there's too many other problems for the militia and the Familico to be... As long as you don't get caught by them, right now, Venice is, you know, not going to be able to chase you over every minor discretion. And that's pretty minor, you know, borrowing a boat for an hour or two. Well, it sounds like that's our way to go, then. It's the quickest way of getting... If you really are looking to get her outside her scream range, the quickest way tonight to do it would be to get to a, you know, an area, right. overpower the guy that watches the gondolas overnight, just take one and, and paddle your way out towards, you know, into the water and, and make your way that way. Right, and if it, if it means that we do need to get uh, Markham with us, we can always come back. Exactly, just bring the bring it all back and leave let the gondola float away and make your way up into back into town and make it to your hostel and keep her quiet for the day. Yeah, not a problem. Is everybody, Aveline? During this conversation, Aveline and probably Sid would point out, there's a symbol on the box, defensive spell in nature, don't know. Our two scholarly people can figure it out, perhaps. There's a symbol on the box? I no. thought it was on the stone. It was on the stone. It was on the stone. Oh, and you already grabbed stone. it. Yep. Yeah, you're okay. Unfortunately, whatever sigil was there is gone. So whatever, if it was keeping her in place, let's say. Can you describe if uh, can I describe a keeper? I mean, it was a. I don't have drawing skills. So I can't draw it. I do have mechanical. You give him a rough description. John, go ahead and give yeah, me an occult roll. I mean, that is a forty. So oh. that is a regular success on occult. Yeah, it's. You think it's just some form of an ancient circle, some mystical symbol that was probably used just as a, a secondary layer of protection. Like, you know, tombs would be inlaid with symbols and and patterns different gods in egypt and things this was just something that was carved in for listeners if anybody's familiar with the celtic advent wreath the real right with the four 
candles. It's it's the circle of infinity, but then you, it also goes onto the Celtic cross. So it's layered ideology. That's all it is. But it was definitely probably more or less just put there as a safe measure to make sure that this unholy thing in the church didn't leak out. Probably not okay. done very well. Probably nothing to be no. too concerned about. No, nothing like a ward that lets him know you picked up the box six miles away or anything like that. That would okay. be a very intricate you know, device to carve into the stone, and it would be something noticeable. It would be big. You know, a lot of very, you know, specific iconography. Yeah. So, okay. So, yeah, you overpower the guard and you're able to get a boat. The gun, You're all floating in the gondola. You take it out and <laughs> you open the box. And sure enough, you just see her lying there. Her eyes are flipping back and forth. Doesn't know who you are. Obviously very, very nervous, but doesn't scream out. Just kind of looks around. Faye, you're the only one who speaks a language that she speaks. So if you want to throw Spanish, uh, she can get by in Spanish. What would everyone like me to say? Um, I'm open to suggestions. Yeah, we're, we're here to help. We're here to help. We're friends. You know, we're not with Arturo and we seek Noemi, that kind of thing. We're here. Okay. Yeah, we're here to return her to Noemi. And if possible, you know, fix her condition. It's just kind of looking. She just kind of passed her hands up a little bit. And she sees them, um, but not in like a you know, scary fighting way. She just goes... Vina, not here to hurt you. We're here to help you. We're looking for Noemi, and we're hoping that you can help us find her. Okay, give me a Spanish roll. I'd like to give Faye my eye. Faye can't have anybody's eye. No! <laughs> that was serious? I don't know. We'll Faye. see. Blind. <laughs> Faye was too much of a smartass. Well, that's a success. That's right on the... Faye doesn't need it. Oh, so, Spanish is a 40, so... Oh, good. Oh, there you go. Okay, so you, you made it with a 40. good. Yep. All right. So her eyes go wide um, when you know her name. Um, and we'll just assume now you're able to get through most of this conversation. As long as you keep the words small and short, you know, that that's that's fine. Uh, it's for the scene usually when you're trying to describe something. Uh, so, yeah, she she listens to you talk about, you know, that you're here to help, that you're not with Arturo. And do you ask her, do you give and you say Noemi's name, you said, right? Eyes go wide again. You see them almost tear up a little bit, and she says to you, well, "How did you know where to find me? Who, who are you people? Who, who, you're, you're not with Arturo, but how do you know Noemi? How, how do you know who I am? Who are you?" Tell her she sent us here from the future. I. You don't think so, Catherine? No, no, no. I think that's correct. To say Faye, like you, you, you sent, sent us here, and I, yeah. I provide Faye like a detail from the ritual, like a phrase or. Something. Okay, or just, so... just you knew the it was a, a Hecate, right? Yeah, Hec using the power of Hecate. Like, yeah, the triple form goddess Hecate. The you know. Okay. Yeah, I tell her. I tell her. Um, we came here from the year 1931. We were sent back by you, actually, from the future with the ritual, and I give her as many details as I can remember, um, and also the ones that Catherine has given me too. I say we're here. We're here to find Noemi, to help her escape Arturo's clutches, and we'd also like to help you as well. Uh, you're, you're taking me to her? You're taking me to Noemi? We can, yes. You know where she is. Poveglia. She's on the island of Poveglia. Where they're taking all of the plague victims? What? I give her a really brief, like, you know, there's it's a plague happening. People are dying. That's where they're taking, that's where they're taking most of the bodies. To isolate them away from Venice. Only Arturo would do such terrible thing to banish his sister off of the island, but in view of the place that she loves more than anything in this world, and then to ship all the dying and the dead to her, to... He's an animal! He's, he's the devil himself! Is there anything that we can do to help you? She does not know I am still alive. You, you have to... You have to approach very carefully. She will not understand. She doesn't know what he did to me all those years ago. She thought that he only killed me, not that he did this. He's left me here like this for such a long time. How often does Arturo visit you if he does at all? Oh, I don't even know. What what year is it now? Uh, it's the year 1349. I have not seen sky nor sun in almost a decade. Okay. I'm... I'm obviously, you know, telling everybody as I'm translating, like, you know, so I'm not leaving any information out. Like, everybody knows. Sid, um, what do you got? 
I, I want to find out, is there, if we can ask her if there is a way for this curse that he put her under to be reversed. I ask that. So she goes on, Sid, to say that the magic that he performed on her is very specific. She doesn't understand necromancy. She doesn't have any idea if it's reversible. Noemi may know. Davina herself does not. So either way, we pretty much have to take her to Noemi, don't we? Yeah, John. If there's anybody, if there's anybody that can do it, that would be Noemi. Right. Well, she noted that Noemi would be shocked to see her this way. That, that you know what we had talked about earlier. Can you ask her? Is there any information, any you know that that her and Noemi share that she could share with us that would let Noemi know that we are people that she can trust? That's what I was going to ask next. I was going to ask when's the last time that. She saw Noemi, and there's any information that she can give us that will help our case, that will help Noemi not want to kill us. Especially, like, um, if Noemi thinks that we did this to her, or that we had some kind of part in it. She tells you um, to tell her that you are a fan of the poet Miguel Rodrigo and to recite and to give her the title on the wings of a dove, which was a poem that he wrote um, when they were both that they knew of when and cared very much for when they were together years ago. Can she give us any more specific information about Puveglia? Has she been there? She has never been to Puveglia. She just knows that Arturo banished Noemi there before he killed her. Noemi was sent away from the city and while she was being held in, by Arturo, and that's why Noemi acquiesced at first, uh, because Arturo was able to use her against Noemi. But then the family council decided that she'd be banished there permanently. She lost her her case, and that's when Arturo did this curse to Davina Prolchek. So we're out in the water on a boat, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the middle of the night. Yep. Middle of the night is when Arturo works. Yep. Right. So we gotta stay in the boat. Does that mean, I can't quite decide if that means it's a better time to go to Puvelia because he's busy working, or a worse time. Doesn't he, like, ship the stuff during the night? So wouldn't we accidentally run into him? You could time it where, like, you could time Um, it where if his boat's just leaving, we'll swoop in. Then we know he's off the island. Yeah. That is very true. We could we could sort of clandestinely try to make it over there now. We know where Puvelia is, right, from the future. She knows we're where it is. She it. just tells you, you know, if, if you tilt the box and lay her, let her look at the lagoon, she'd be like, oh, that's the island well, we way knew, over there. They we also... The island was in the future, though, didn't we? Puvelia? Yeah, it was... Yeah, the island with the well was San Michel, which is yep. where the Great Cemetery is. Oh. Puvelia is not that island. Um, yeah, Pove- but Puvelia you could see from San yes, Michel. Yes, correct. Said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Faye also has navigate too, so she can work in tandem with the lady in the box. And yes, yeah. no, if you if you did see it from the water when you were on the ferry to San Michel, I mean, Poveglia is considered one of the most cursed places in the future in 1931. It's in the top like five places on Earth you should never go. It's you know, 40 percent of the soil on the island is human ash. It's more than 40% of the actual ground you walk on is remains of people. And tonight, you can see Poveglia because there's a glow from the island. At night, they burn bodies and corpses. So what Arturo brings over, they the people that end up falling fully dead, you know, dying, are thrown into this burning pit. Uh, it's massive. Um, you'll see it on the island approach. Uh, it's actually that platform that sits by itself. So yeah, there's definitely a glow from that. This island is visible all night long. So yeah, you could approach it. So if you if you come in on the far side, you're far enough away from the fires where nobody would see you. You know, for the most part. Okay. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're all armed. I think we're all ready. Why not? Why put it off more? Let's, let's set sail. Let's go. Everybody's in agreement you're going to paddle your way up to Poveglia at this point? Aveline, Catherine, Sid? Okay. All right, then let me show the players what we have over here. As you approach, because of all the light coming off, you have this long draw between these pylons that have the water level indicator as the sea rises and falls and then you have this is an older model of Poveglia it will suffice I will tell you what's not here so this large L-shaped building and as you can see the bridge is up in this picture between the octagon the the burning pits and everything so this bridge is now it's up as it should be in this picture 
this L-shaped building is an insane asylum that was built in uh, 18, I think, 96, and was shut down in, like in the 20s or 30s due to the d- terrible conditions. Not only does it have all this plague, where for three or four massive plagues throughout history, they use Poveglia as a dumping ground over and over again. They also eventually thought, hey, why not put an asylum on it and then shut the fucking thing down? So this island is just a really bad place to be. <laughs> but as you're approaching, what you do notice is from the water is that every place you see a marker indicated along the rim of the island, you see one of the Il Famelico. However, they are not looking out. They are looking in. Their backs are to the water. They are not trying to keep someone from getting on the island. They're trying to keep you from getting off. Correct. So it will make the approach a little easier, but you can see that there are many of them stationed. They are in your heads, acting like prison guards, more than worrying about someone being stupid enough to swim to an island of contagion. I mean, let's be honest, who wants to approach it? So they're all facing into the property. The only part of Poveglia's buildings that are actually where you see them now, because again, this big L isn't here, it's it's woods, is this building here. That building, okay. you believe, you know, it's the only one there. You're assuming that that is probably the residence of Noemi Giovanni. Arturo doesn't live on the island, right? No, no. No, he ferries them up, drops them off, and takes off. And his approach, uh, Scott, is from here. He lands on the far side over here. In which direction does he go to the island? From this way, leading up to that that dock up here in the north. Okay. Have, so, have yeah, we, so he comes we, from the north. So if we approach this side, it's the opposite side of the island. Correct. That he would approach. Yeah, if we, yeah if these we walls are pretty high. Side, yeah. I mean, it would be a little bit of a climb, but it's nothing that couldn't be done because this is like a retaining wall around the whole island. Sure. Okay. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Have we seen the uh, Il Familico around the city during the day at all? You have not seen them in the city during the day. Okay. They may be stronger at night. Would there be any inclination or idea about that, that they might be weaker during the daytime? Could be blood ghouls. Could be. You haven't run into one to challenge that theory, really. What you you have seen is, is that people seem to be a lot more willing to move around and do commerce and act normally during the day. So perhaps they don't even, they don't move the same way. Um, because there are Turos, you can draw the assumption that perhaps they only move at night. Noemi couldn't get off the island during the day anyway, so they're probably not needed during the day. That's true. She's not going anywhere during the day either. Right. Wow, that is quite the hell, isn't it? You can only be up at night. The only, the only thing that's up at night are all the dead bodies arriving in the burning. So whenever she's awake, oh, yeah. it's basically hell on earth. Yeah, and she can't leave. There's enough of them there to keep her there. Wow. So we want to come back after sunrise. But then Noemi won't be able to talk to us. No, but we'll get on the island unseen. We can't. I thought um, I thought we could get onto the island. Um, I know that they're like watching, but... Every one of those purple dots is a beakhead. Yeah, but if we go during the day, the idea being that they're not there. Yeah. We can sneak on. We can uh, hide the boat. Sneak in. Heck, we yeah. could stay there until the next day or what have you, or figure out... Staying you know, on an island. Plan. Staying on an island. Chan- we go in from the north and go through the channel and go towards the house, check it out during the day and everything. We could do a lot. It's a big decision. I would say we- wait till morning. I mean, the only way onto the island tonight, Aveline, right, would be clandestinely t- killing one of these things, which would create, you know, some sort of weakness in their line because they're so evenly spaced out in their duties. We also but, don't know if they communicate. Well, exactly. We have, we have no idea. And, exactly. they're, and, they're, and they're along the middle of the island as well. So even if you take out one, it's not like it's a huge island, you know? No. Yeah. I, and I would need a day of recon to tell the guard. Go ahead and make, yeah. everybody can make me a, an intel roll, please. Looking for a hard success. I think Faye probably already got it. Faye got a critical success. So. Okay. Uh, as far as when Sid says, you know, we're not even I sure if they can communicate, it. you say to yourself, well... I think we know that, but may, they may be able to because they seem to be able to kind of move together without speaking. That You know, you've seen them approach each other. You've seen them cordon off in groups, and you've never really heard them talk except when that one mumbled whatever it said inside the mask that caused uh, Sid. And who was the other one? 
Faye, was it you? Aveline. That... No, it was Aveline. Oh, Aveline. Sid and Aveline to and have Markham. that yeah. intestinal pain that felt, you know, along the lines of labor. So, yeah, I, um, I yeah you think they may be able to communicate. Right. All right. Then in that case, so I share that information. I go, all right, why don't we row back to shore? We'll get on that island in the morning. We'll hide the boat. Sink um, it. <laughs> Take another one later, whatever. Yeah. We'll get there or hang out on the island for the day. Then at night we'll approach Noemi's and hope to God that she doesn't kill us. I don't know if we want to be on the island at night because that's when all these things are going to be there again. How else are we going to communicate with Noemi? She can't come out at night. No- she can only come out at night. Maybe she can wake up. She just can't go outside. Vampires need their sleep, I would think. I mean, oh well. must have an adverse effect. I mean, by all means, if you want to go ahead and try to wake her up during the day and see what happens, you can. I'm not going to. I'll be waiting outside. You want to stay at night until all these things come back, then? And then do what? Then we're on an island surrounded by all these things. I don't think any of us want to do anything. It's picking the best, worst scenario. Yep. I think sneaking onto the island during the day and hiding is an okay plan. Also, as your medical professional, yes, we do have an antibiotic that is only slightly effective against this. Risking a lot by being surrounded. This is a hot zone. Nobody touch anything. Nobody. We should burn all of our clothing upon leaving this place. I, I'm not. I'm not comfy with the idea that we have to sit here all day. And we also don't think know if she can actually come out in the day. So what if during during the day or at night? the the main part of the island which is here where the, this part this side of the island has anywhere between 600 and 800 affected people could be gathered at any point lying on the ground in various states of not making it when they don't make it they're carried across the bridge and piled and at night when Arturo brings more dead and more infected they end up in this middle cuz remember a quarantine is 40 days so if they in any way shape or form grab you on that dock you are camping in the exposed elements like this for 40 days before they will even think of letting you return. Quarenta, right? Quarantine. So there's a lot of people camping here right now that she's, her, her villa overlooks. So yes, the contagion factor here is very high. Keep it in mind as you're making your plan. Again, you're on an antibiotic. Like I said, we're not here to, you know, mimic COVID or anything. But there, it, there's a risk if you were to lay, you know, stay on the island for several days, we'd have to start making some sort of an adjustment for that. I was just thinking we stay like overnight. And I feel like if we gain Noemi's trust, she'll probably give us sanctuary overnight that so we can leave the next morning. Aveline? That's what I was going to say of if we get on Noemi's good side by bringing Davina, she won't send the Ilfam. Miliko after us. We'll have a powerful ally on our side in case they get a little... I don't think she has any power over the Ilfa Milica. Correct. But, um, Still, we'll have a powerful point, ally in case they get snap happy. Yep. Yeah, but your point's well made. So make it into her villa or, you know, residence. When well, night comes true. along, you know, the, the monsters are running around outside, but we're safe inside with her. Exactly. Spend the night with her, get all everything planned, have plenty of time to discuss and reminisce and figure everything out. And then we wake up the next morning and have a plan. So are we suggesting, uh, just for clarification point, are we suggesting that we go onto the island during the day, which I'm fine with, we go into her palazzo and then bring Davina with us, stash her away somewhere in this palazzo, meet Noemi, talk to her, tell her about Davina, then bring her to Davina or bring Davina to her, so at least we can speak to her before showing her so she doesn't freak out and then hoping she gives us sanctuary. Is that the plan as I understand it? I think so. I guess I'm game. I think that's probably our best and safest course of action. It's the best of the worst, to quote Catherine. <laughs> best Thank of you. the worst. Okay, so f- for the day, for the evening rather, it's now sometime like 2.30 in the morning. You paddle your way back. You only made it about two-thirds of the way there, and you saw in the light from the burn pits uh, several Il Familico around the octagon. One on the bridge, you're like, okay, there's no way we're doing this approach. You come up with this plan. By the time you make it back towards the lagoon, the major part of the lagoon where you can dock up and, and the canals start to breach into Venice, it's almost three in the morning. 
Catherine, go ahead and give me a spot hidden roll. So you're you're paddling past ships. Um, you're paddling, you know, a, you know, behind trying to be sneaky so you're not seen by anybody on the docks. Where you can see some of the the Il Familico have grabbed another dozen and a half people, 10, 20 people. What'd you get, Catherine, on your spot hidden? Twenty. Okay. So all this is going. You know, you're paddling back, and you come across the the stern uh, of a very beautifully ornate ship on the back uh it's got a very uh its rigging is down but it's a single mast uh it looks to be like a slant cutter type of you know design something very asian something from um you know perhaps the continent uh of asia from you know the the northern areas of it from libya or whatever you're not sure but it's just that kind of a sail to it and that cut of the ship it's definitely a merchant cut ship and you make your way between it something sid turns them you know kind of angles the gondola because it's got casting a massive shadow you can get yourself up on the docks on this point and as you come up to the to towards the bow along the side of the ship is a single word and it says awas i i slap the person nearest to me awas on the boat awas on the freaking boat and on the front, Catherine, mm-hmm. instead of it being the picturesque concept of the beautiful wooden woman, something like that, you see a nautical face uh, done with squiddish type implements hanging, and the body is all put out, and its hand is pointing forward, and it's just you know it's just drawn in in these very ornate letters across. It just says Awas, but the prow, the the lady of the ship, what what you would normally think. This one looks very, just the design is so different, so arcanish, bizarre, made out of wood, and the wood has been painted this blackish color. Uh, it just gives the ship a very odd, ominous feeling. When it was such a beautiful from the stern, it, it's like this wonderfully designed, you know concept of a ship that just looks like it wants to dance across the water and as you come around in between you see this word and you see the the mascot of the of the ship itself and it has that face and you're stunned you're like what could this what the hell the gondola parks i want to does everybody else see what i'm seeing or am i going nuts no everybody sees when you point it it says awas okay because that has happened all right awas boat We'll talk. We'll we're gonna deal with that when we get back. I want to know how is she doing over water again? Like she's got a problem going over water. How's she doing? Well, that she was... just went over water. She, she might saw... have dreams tonight. She sees just this. Maybe time. Uh, maybe time has some sort of effect on it. Mm-hmm. It's. I wasn't have like we were crossing water left and right in Venice. Wait. I think we determined that the water theory wasn't. 100% applicable. It was the distance theory. Well, I was technically getting... you're existing in a time before you were cursed right now. No, I'm saying like distance back in our time. To the point, uh, to Scott's point, you're not feeling compelled to jump onto this ship and sail away with it, but it is there. It's been... Yeah. It's well, do- I mean, it's <laughs> this is a major thing. Mm-hmm. Um, personally important to us. We have a lot of time tomorrow. We don't have to sit in her house for 10 hours waiting for nighttime. We could come down here, you know, in the morning and do some research about this boat. Sure. I think that's a pretty good idea. And then make our way over to the island in the afternoon. And we can speak to somebody on the boat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Figure out where they're from. You know what, what its history is. How did it be? How did it get this name? We just want to make sure that we're on that island before dusk and inside her also before then too i would imagine we should probably properly rent a gondola tomorrow too <laughs> yeah that would help yeah we'll, we'll come up with something for that uh so getting back to the so you get yourself up onto the dock you have this box uh the docks are very busy you, you've tried to pick a fairly fairly secluded spot aveline go ahead and make one roll for the entire team we're going to do that again uh we'll use your your skill and uh set you up f- to lead the group out and away from where the Il Familico have gathered with Arturo and where they're sequestering people. Just want to show. Yes, yeah, fine. My hands went off after I finished the roll. Yes, yes. 15. Okay, so, yeah, no problem. You're able to get everybody off the dock, uh, into the streets, 
move away from the streets. Uh, you hear a few people cry out as you're passing a building that the door's been burst open, and you see, you know, you're you're far enough past, but to look over your shoulder and you see two of the Ilfamilico dragging children out with this mother frantically trying to get them back. She's, you know, thrown up against the wall. You see her cr- scream and grab her stomach. She goes to the ground in this terrible, terrible agony. Uh, but the Ilfamilico are dragging the kids away. One's got the daughter by the hair, and he's pulling her along. She's like eight, nine years old. The boy is a little bit younger. He's just trapped under one of their arms. You know, they're screaming for their mother. They're screaming for their father. The woman. How many are there? There's of the Ilfamilico. There's two. I can't. I I turn to them and go, we can't let this happen. We have the box with us. It, we don't have a choice, Abby. We have to let it happen right now. They could but be. They could be dead. Think no. the bigger picture. We're going to take like, out their boss. We're going to end this scourge. That's kids. Abilene, if they have played, they, they could be dead within the hour. Even aside from that, if we if we die right now, then this goes on forever. I grab Abilene's hand, and I just kind of, like, pull her closer to me, and I just look at her, and I go, look, I want to jump and beat the hell out of those two right now for taking those kids. You know I want to. I know that we can't put ourselves in danger. We're doing something for the bigger picture. From me, I am the queen of stupid impulsive decisions, and I'm telling you not to do this. It's physically making Aveline sick. Like, do they look like they have plague? Can't tell from this distance. I mean, you're getting light from the doorway, but remember, it's 3.30 in the morning. The streets are, you know pretty much shadowy and dark for the most part, except where there's a lamp from when you pull, let's put it this way. They don't sound like they're coughing and hacking, but you can't see them very well. And they're being taken. I mean, they're moving, not running, but with, you know, they're, they don't seem like these kids weigh much to them. They're just dragging them. Of course they're not. They're children. I, she, just remember, she can remember their face. They're long gone. She can remember these shadows. Faye puts an arm around Aveline and she goes, come on, let's, Let's go. We're going to do something about it. We're killing their boss. Going to take them down. That'll be the end of them too. If she could remember their those Ilfamilico, they're not. Are they wearing masks or something? They're the Ilfamilico. They're in the in the plague doctor's mask. Yeah. God damn it! Remember those kids' faces. Use it. Believe me, I remember every victim that has ever died on my watch. And she walks away. Aveline, make me a sanity roll. Oh God! I I know she can't deal with this. Eighty-two. That's a fail. It's not that you lose any sanity. You remember the school children. You remember the fact that you've been in charge of children before, and they've been in your care and custody. You walk away. You're okay. You can do that. But this is going to haunt you. If you don't find those kids alive on that island tomorrow, if you can't get to them and get them off somehow. It's going to play on you. So a side task for you tomorrow is to make sure you put yourself on that side of the island where the infected are, and you're going to want to find those kids. She doesn't say it to the group, but she kind of silently reserves herself like, I'm going to find them. I'm not, I'm not letting them die like this. She does not tell anybody, but she's like, I'm not letting them die like that. Oh, everybody, yeah. The, the, they see the face that you're committed to do something. But you're going to walk away right now, and I get it. But we're going to play out the fact that since you failed that sanity roll, I'm not taking sanity away. What I'm doing is the idea is now in your head that those kids need you. And you're not going to let them die alone on that island without their mother. Like, you want to get them back. So this is going to be something we're bringing into the Call of Cthulhu game called an assigned task. Should you get the assigned task done, if you're able to complete it, you will get a bonus, a roll, an extra charge on your eye for the next chapter, depending on how well you do it. So if the task is to, to eliminate so-and-so and you only wound him, but you slow him down, semi-successful will give you a small portion. A full success will give you a big one. If you fail it, that's when the sanity fail will kick in. Because right now it's playing on your mind. Mm-hmm. It's, it's worming its okay. way into your head. All right. You make it back to the house. It's very, very late at night, obviously very early in the morning, actually. Um, You give the secret knock. 
that allow that you know wakens Markham, uh, who is sleeping in the front room of the house of this lady's house, and he opens the door and lets you in. Checks left and right, and uh, he says, "Oh, my friends, I, I thought I had lost my ingot. I mean, I thought I had lost you. Is everyone well? I, I was starting to get worried." <laughs> Don't worry, we w- we wouldn't leave you. Oh, Miss Ross, I never thought you would leave me. I I knew Miss Faye would always come back to my side. The the the. Oh, look at that face. I love when you make that. She has the most beautiful face when she scrunches her nose and throws her eyes up into a skull like she's possessed. I love it so much. Um, so where are you? Were you successful Christ, in your endeavors? I'm going to bed. I'll see y'all later. Would uh, you like some company? Catherine looks at Markham like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, I'm actually being nice to you and you're concerned with the young Twiggy thing. Twiggy? <laughs> you're thinner than her. That's all. Miss Ross, are you looking for a little bit of um, a little bit of Sir Thomas on the side? I'm no, I don't want to. I don't want to be anyone's like second choice. I'm gonna go to bed as well. Bye. You would not be my second choice, Miss Ross, because you are the first cho- person to choose me. How oh, could Lord, I say it, no like, to? It's like it's like when men like pick on women because they like them. A man sees a woman pick on him or like ignore him. It's like ooh, spicy. Well, I'm not into it anymore. I'm. <laughs> reneging my offer to him to come join me on my goat farm. I'm going to go take a, because we have a lot of shit to do. He does, as you walk away, give the call of the young goat in frustration. <laughs> he just puts out a, a blurting scream. Uh, yeah, so everybody gets back to the house. Um, you lock the doors for the evening. You Everyone settles in for the night. Dreams come and go. Catherine, you dream of of a ship and a captain dressed in definitely white linens with a turban um you see the sea in front of you um with fog and it's dark and you're sailing by moonlight uh and you come to this this island and on the island as soon as you, you know you can see where the the boat makes its way and slowly careens up to the dock you see this statue in black onyx of this face and it looks to sh- like Shoktal, the god that you've come to see in your dreams and visions before uh sid you dream of of a box and unfortunately you're in it uh you've placed yourself in the same box that the lady uh who you've come to sort of realize is is a thing that just has happened you've had this detached feeling about it from the beginning when you've been in Arturo's house but tonight you have a nightmare where you're actually inside the box and you have no strength as a big guy you've always relied upon your endurance and your strength and your intelligence to get you through you've been blessed with a larger you know frame and it's always you've always used it uh, to your advantage but here you're weak and powerless inside this box and you get that that feeling of being trapped uh, encased in that old leather uh the smell of a book binding permanently around you and it w- makes you wake up in the middle of the night several times aveline you see the face of the children there's no doubt that you see the terrible things you see arturo in his worst uh loading the children onto the ferry and chaining them to the floor of the ferry where he's got manacles lined up around the outside edges and the dead are piled um you see these two young people staring into the faces of plague victims blood has you know started to form on their lips feckled from the coughing and the and the the lung disorder and then the, the bronchial just distress um vomiting and these kids are there and they're just their night shirts and they're screaming for their mother and you see arturo pulling away deeper and deeper into the lagoon and the mother is on the edge just screaming and crying and throwing all her money on the ground at the familico's feet and they're just ignoring her and you know nothing's coming of it uh Faye, you you are back in ancient egypt the tunnel collapse has just happened you can smell the you can smell the the smoke and the dust and and the limestone just billowing out of the chamber. You hear the frantic calling of the workmen, and and they're they're trying to they're trying to get in, and they're they're pulling at rocks. But you know that if they pull more, that's only going to bring more of it down on top of them. Uh, the foreman is shoving them, pushing them away. No, no, no. This you can't go in. You can't go in. On the side of one rock that fell, you see, and you don't know if it's part of the dream 
if you don't know if it's reality and you're just now remembering it because it was such a horrific event that you didn't put all the pieces together, you see a face about three inches wide, three inches tall, carved into one of the, the actual worked stones, not part of the mountain itself that collapsed. And it's the face of a tentacled being with large, oversized black eyes, um, just carved in and painted. And you back away and you're, you know, people come running and one of your other friends who wasn't inside at the time, uh, who had been not feeling well, is like, we've lost them. They're both inside. Are they going to, Faye, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And you're just stunned. There's nothing there. I mean, you're just literally in shock. John, you're standing over the top of the well. You're looking and your family, friends, people that you knew in the war, the women from Lisbon that you were acquainted with, the students that eventually were tried and found guilty of murder, people that you've known passing in the street, people that you've met only a few times, faces, countless faces are gathered all around you and they spread as far as the eye can see. And you lean over the well and you start spewing all this hate and bad thoughts and terrible feelings that you had for the people that were shooting at you in the war and the secrets and the the things that you've done in your life, all the corruption that, that people do in their daily lives, the, the white little white lies all the way up to the extravagant charades that need to be done sometimes in order to survive in this terrible world. You are just spilling them one after another into the well. And it just keeps saying, I already knew. I already know that. I already know that. And you just keep going and everybody around you is listening. Your greatest fear that all these people now have seen into your soul and into the, the other side of who you are has been exposed and you wake up in a cold sweat. And you're alone in the room, just like everybody is alone in their room. And that's how we'll end the show. So I want to thank everybody for listening. We're going to be back in Venice. We wow. have an idea on how to get into Meet Noemi on Poveglia. The group's going to take care of that tomorrow, uh, the next time we're together, next week. Um, I want to thank the players. We got a lot done tonight on these sessions. Uh, I think you guys have done some great work. Um, thank you so much for listening. Like, share, and subscribe, just like Mel tells us. Players, you have a good time? Everybody, in, everybody okay? Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the Just hate through the video. Island. <laughs> yeah, well, Aveline has a special task now. She's got to go out there and find some kids among the uh, the dead, rotting, and dying. Our first special task. Yep. First assigned task. But uh, again, thank you all for listening. We hope you're enjoying the show. Uh, trust me, it's going to get a lot more creepy as we go on. And can't wait to see where the team takes us next and after what object of power, if they survive this one. So uh, from all of us here at the Barda College and the family of Cthulhu and Cairo, we want to say thank you and good night. Good night, players. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu and Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.